D&D rolled critical failure, alarm bells for Disney and Star Wars. Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing partner of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today we are once again talking about messaging and how messages are delivered amongst the corporate world, in media, and about things that you or I might love. Things like Star Wars. Now, if you're not familiar with virtual legality, or if this is your first visit to the Hogue Law YouTube channel, we do talk about messaging a lot as part of our discussions of business and law. I've pulled up a video that we did on Star Wars and Disney in general called Massaging the Message, Ryan Johnson, Star Wars, and Spider-Man, which in that video talks about how Ryan Johnson has been dealing with continuing press inquiries about whether or not he's actually making a new Star Wars trilogy because it was announced by Disney that he would be doing so before The Last Jedi was released in December of 2017, and there has basically been no word on that at all. And until yesterday, we all thought that Benioff and Weiss, the creators and makers of Game of Thrones on HBO, which had also been hired by Disney, were slated to make the next trilogy for Star Wars before Ryan Johnson would ever get a crack at doing his. So it looked like if Ryan Johnson was going to make a movie, he wouldn't be making one for about a decade. And so I said in that video that it seemed unlikely that he would actually wind up making a Star Wars movie because if he has any success in Hollywood, he's going to be moving on to different things and that Disney would in general allow him to do so. And if there was this kind of notion that he maybe was a bit too divisive for the Star Wars franchise, regardless of how you feel about Last Jedi, that in general, corporate America allows people that they don't want to burn the bridges with to walk away with some dignity intact, to say, oh, we're too busy, we're going to do something else, I've got all these other projects in the fire, and we determined at Disney that it didn't make sense for us to lock up this creative genius like Ryan Johnson. Now, when I said all that, it was under the assumption that they would be saying that about Ryan Johnson first, because that's the way things looked as of a month ago. But as we are seeing now in this deadline article from yesterday night, Star Wars setback, Game of Thrones duo David Benioff and D.B. Weiss exit trilogy. And da David and Dan are known on the internet as D&D, which is why you get that somewhat tongue-in-cheek titling for this video. But these guys were slated to continue the Star Wars legacy after this December's Rise of Skywalker, and they will no longer be doing so. So I want to take a look at this article, what they say about it, and why it seems apparent to me sitting here from the outside, not knowing any of these players uh, in particular specificity, that this was a step that, if not a direct firing, if not them getting kicked off the franchise, was at least something where they were told, hey, you know, I think it would be wise if you indicated how busy you were and that you walk away from it now. So let's take a look at how this is framed. David Benioff and D.B. Weiss, the duo who in 2011 launched the singular screen sensation known as Game of Thrones, have walked away from their much-publicized deal with Disney's Lucasfilm to launch a feature film trilogy in 2022. Benioff and Weiss were supposed to usher in the post-Skywalker era of the Star Wars brand with a 2022 new start story that would strike out a new frontier for the era-defining cinema brand created by George Lucas. The Emmy-winning pair cited their historic deal with Netflix. They said their enthusiasm for Star Wars remains boundless, but regrettably, their schedule is all full up. We love Star Wars, the pair said in a statement to Deadline. When George Lucas built it, he built us too. 
Getting to talk about Star Wars with him and the current Star Wars team was the thrill of a lifetime, and we will always be indebted to the saga that changed everything. That 2022 release date made the Benioff Weiss startup the next in line Star Wars installment following this December's The Rise of Skywalker, the final chapter of the Skywalker Family Chronicles that have been captivating moviegoers since 1977. Lucasfilm president Kathleen Kennedy has plenty of other Star Wars projects in the hopper, The Rise of Skywalker in December, The Mandalorian starting on Disney Plus in 15 days, and the ramping up Ewan McGregor Obi-Wan series, to name just three, so it's unclear how much of a setback the now nixed trilogy presents. There's no shortage of upcoming collaborators lined up either, among them Ryan Johnson and Kevin Feige. We'll talk about that as well. Kennedy didn't close shut any doors in her send-off statement on Monday. David Benioff and Dan Weiss are incredible storytellers. We hope to include them in the journey forward when they are able to step away from their busy schedule to focus on Star Wars. Clearly, it's a big fizzle ending for the firecracker-fusing headline from February 2018 when the deal was announced, but the duo's deal arguably lost some luster during the much-maligned final season of Game of Thrones earlier this year as many fans question whether the GOT creators had the storytelling chops to handle a Jedi saga. Uh, And I'll link the rest of this article in the description to this video. But yes, to put much too fine a point on it, the Game of Thrones finale, season eight, the six episodes that they aired this year, I think was the beginning of the end for this particular collaboration. And the reason for that is multifaceted. But the long story short is that Disney and Lucasfilm can't really afford any more divisiveness in the Star Wars brand. They can't really afford doing anything that offends people and the Game of Thrones creators and what they did with the ending of that story. And you can check out all of our postmortem videos on the entirety of the last season of Game of Thrones on this channel. I think I talk about it for more than an hour in a couple instances about what they did wrong and how it was problematic from a narrative storytelling perspective. Please do check those out if you're at all interested. But those issues with that finale rained a hellfire hellstorm of the internet upon them. And while I don't know that all of that is fair, certainly there are internet outrage mobs out there that are not at all fair in their targeting or in their rhetoric. I think for the most part, Game of Thrones was ruined by either laziness, inattention to detail, or looking forward to Star Wars that they will now no longer get. And I certainly think that part of the story here is in an interview that they gave to the Austin Film Festival just a couple of days ago. They were on a panel, they were asked questions by the audience, they answered these questions. And I think at the end of the day, even though this is a small piece of the puzzle, their answers here were echoes of some of the problems that Disney and Lucasfilm are having throughout their Star Wars branding right now. And this is the question that I actually wanted to kind of highlight here. This is from Needle and Pen at 4Aria on uh, Twitter, but it says, were you listening to the feedback to your fans as things went along? Dan says, we really did not. Dan doesn't see the value of considering other people's reactions. Dave acknowledged that he Googled the show and it upset him. Dan, no, D&D Googling. So these guys go out there and they make a final season to Game of Thrones, which is a series that a number of people have really loved, myself included, and get to the end, get to season seven, get to season eight, and they lose the plot completely. And in response to that, when people ask them, and there's a lot more in that thread that you can see when I link that tweet in the description to this video, in response to that, in response to people saying, hey, you got all the characters wrong. Jamie Lannister would never do that. This wouldn't happen that way. If 
uh, Daenerys was ever going to do what she did in that finale, you had to lead up to it better. And they basically said, we don't listen to any feedback. We don't listen to any of those things. And I pulled up some IMDb reviews of the last season just so that you can see how people are feeling. A perfect example, falling in love for the wrong guy. When endings ruin the series, the writers really let themselves, their audience, and Martin down. George R. R. Martin, the author of the Game of Thrones novels, etc., etc., etc. These... This is not a minority position on the internet, and deservedly so. This was not a final season that was terribly gratifying. It was not a final season that was terribly well thought out. And looking at what they created, looking at the seasons that were successful, that had George R.R. Martin's novels to back them up, I think it was entirely reasonable for people to look at this and say, oh my goodness, are D&D the right people to handle Star Wars, especially if they don't have a novelist? I think they did a bang-up job kind of interpreting a very difficult novel to interpret. I am not going to take that away from them. I think they did a great job in the early seasons of Game of Thrones. But if they're not going to have that backing, I do have major issues with what they are actually creatively producing themselves out of whole cloth. And I think when you go and you have these questions say, hey, you didn't understand the characters. Hey, did you listen to any fans? Did you take any feedback from anybody? And they all say, no, no, no. We have to only listen to our own voices that that really mirrored one of the continuing thorns that Disney and Lucasfilm have been dealing with since December of 2017. I've pulled up Ryan Johnson's now somewhat infamous Business Insider interview to talk about how he feels about fans, and this is only one of the indications that he's got out there. But he said, and I also know the same way the original movies were personal for Lucas. Lucas never made a Star Wars movie by sitting down and thinking, what do the fans want to see? And I know if I wrote wondering what the fans would want, as tempting as that is, it wouldn't work because people would still be shouting at me, F you, you ruined Star Wars, and I would make a bad movie. And ultimately, that's the one thing nobody wants. And I think we're all in agreement with Mr. Johnson there. Nobody wants a bad Star Wars movie. That all being said, and you can see other pieces of the internet video clips of him saying to Mark Hamill, of all people, that we don't want to make a Star Wars movie that is for the fans or that the fans like in particular. We want to make something for ourselves. That while that kind of authorship, that authorship of the story can be a good thing, you do want people, you do want writers, showrunners, movie producers, whoever it is, invested in the story that they want to tell and not just doing pure raw fan service which may or may not be what Rise of Skywalker winds up being at the end of the day in December, we shall see. You also don't want people just ignoring what is legitimate feedback. One of Ryan Johnson's other famous quotes on this score was essentially, do you think you did anything wrong? Is there anything that you would change in the movie that you made, The Last Jedi? And him saying, no, no, no. And that's just not what you usually see from big, creative, thoughtful people, is that of course there's something you would change. Of course a time limit hit. Of course something didn't land in the storytelling that you wanted it to land. You didn't communicate what you were attempting to communicate with your audience. But to Ryan Johnson, The Last Jedi stands perfect and above all things. And while that might be fine, the primary issue you have now is you would have had Benioff and Weiss, D&D, have a very similar approach to we don't listen to anybody but ourselves, despite what IMDb or reviews or the audience or even the critics at the end of the day for Game of Thrones season eight wound up saying about our product, we don't care. And a brand in Star Wars that Disney and Lucasfilm are desperately trying to combine the audiences on, that regardless of how you feel about The Last Jedi and regardless of how you feel about the size of the position of people that are opposed to The Last Jedi, as I am, for full disclosure, that those people are diametrically opposed to the people that love The Last Jedi to the extent that they are out there. And so you've got this audience fracture. 
whether or not you believe that Solo and its failure at the box office was indicative of that, whether or not you feel that failures of audiences to actually go to Galaxy's Edge, which appeals to only the sequel trilogy, is a factor in all of that, whether or not you think some of the early kind of projections for The Rise of Skywalker reflect what Last Jedi did. All of that is up for grabs. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that anybody can read all of those tea leaves and tell you exactly what happened and why. But I can tell you if you're a corporation that this is how it looks when you fire someone. Oh yes, you're too busy with your Netflix deal. Does anybody actually believe, does anybody actually buy that someone like Benioff and Weiss could get out there and say, oh yes, our Netflix deal, our streaming television deal is more important to us or more valuable to us or makes us too busy to fulfill our obligations to a movie franchise that makes more than a billion dollars every single iteration but one, which was Solo, of course. And so I just don't think it passes the smell test, and I don't think it's really intended to. There's no other way to really present this. You have Kathleen Kennedy go out there and say, we'd welcome them back when they're not busy, and maybe they would, but I I have my significant doubts there. And I have my significant doubts that anything that's being described here, Ryan Johnson, maybe even the Disney Plus series, maybe the Ewan McGregor show, are actually going to proceed as planned. And that has been happening behind the scenes as well throughout this whole period. I pulled up now an Entertainment Tonight interview with Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson, as I said earlier in the video, has been pestered over and over and over again about whether his trilogy is happening because there doesn't appear to be any movement on it. And his answers have become more and more opaque and more and more ambiguous. And so he was asked again in respect of his movie coming out this November, Knives Out, where he said, following Knives Out, Johnson has at least one project in the pipeline. In November 2017, Lucasfilm revealed that Johnson, who helmed The Last Jedi, will create a new trilogy of Star Wars films. Any update two years on? No, I got no update, he coyly says. Oh, which doesn't mean the trilogy has fallen to the wayside. Recently, Star Wars fans speculated whether Johnson was casting doubt on his series actually happening after he said during a red carpet interview that he would be thrilled if it happens. Oh, did I say if? Oh, God, he says with a laugh while speaking with E.T. I have no update at all, but I'm still working with Lucasfilm on it, and they're figuring out when they do what and everything. Ryan Johnson's trilogy is not happening, folks. Disney, for all of its warts, and whether or not you hate them as a monolithic media and content producers, doesn't like divisiveness, doesn't really like auteurship at the end of the day, though it can work in limited spurts, as with James Gunn and Guardians of the Galaxy and some other indications in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but they never wanted Star Wars to be this kind of high controversial flashpoint. And I think what we are seeing now is Disney and Lucasfilm slowly unwinding what they've done over the past eight years to make something that may be more vanilla, may be less tasteful, in terms of actually having flavor to the content that it produces, but hopefully from Disney's perspective is something that more people can enjoy uh, overall and not have this kind of divisiveness uh, between the series that's so important to so many. And of course, as the Dateline article said, as it hinted at, as it indicated, you don't need D&D, you don't need Ryan Johnson to save Star Wars, because as Star Wars originally said, there is another. Marvel's Kevin Feige is developing a new movie for Star Wars, and he has been the most successful producer in Hollywood. We'll see how that goes. We'll see if he winds up making a movie. We'll see if he winds up fulfilling what he has done with the Marvel Cinematic Universe within the Star Wars universe and whether or not that's a good fit or not. But either way, he sits out there as a very successful producer. Who knows his business? And in all likelihood, 
will have the opportunity to take over and save Star Wars if he wants it. Disney can't afford to slay the golden goose that is the Marvel Cinematic Universe right now, but if he can prove that he can do Star Wars at the same time, if it is a successful collaboration, I have no doubt in my mind that he will have a stronger and stronger voice in respect of the direction that Star Wars goes in the future, both near and long term. So that'll be worthwhile to see. But for now, I think everybody, certainly people who have watched my coverage of Game of Thrones and Benioff and Weiss, can celebrate the fact that Star Wars is no longer in the hands of people that don't appear to know how to finish a story, can interpret stories made by others, but whose creative output on their own left something very, very much to be desired. That's Virtual Legality for today. If you like this video, please like, please subscribe. I talk about these things in pop culture and otherwise all the time. If you saw this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. Please share it around to anybody you think might be interested. And if you listen to it on its podcast form, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.